Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Plagueland Report. I am your host, The Shadow. Today, I kind of feel like we need to talk about something that uh, is not really being talked about uh, now that election season is over, and that is the silent racism that is plaguing America. What do I mean by silent racism? Well, I mean the kind of racism that we all know exists, the kind of racism that we see, but we don't really acknowledge it. We don't really talk about it. And this is the kind of racism that so often just gets swept off to the side when it comes time to try to actually implement some sort of change or to bring it to light because doing so would, number one, destroy the narrative of the left. Number two, it would bring attention to some of the grievous, grievous flaws in a system perpetuated by the left that does more damage than good. And last, talking about the silent racism would force us to face the reality that we need to address these issues, that we have to hold those responsible for perpetuating these types of imbalances or injustices and hold them accountable. And, hate to say it, but make us look at ourselves and ask, us, ask ourselves, are we really doing enough to fix the problem and make things better? One of the things that I, I did want to talk about with uh, the silent racism uh, is, you know, and this was briefly talked about during the Biden campaign, uh, the crime bill that he introduced in the early 90s that opened the doors for uh, prison for profit, mass incarceration, and is so heavily responsible for putting more African-American men in prison for the same crimes as white. Because here's the fact, and this is actual numbers, and I will post link down in the description below. In the United States, the African-American communities make up for t roughly 26% of the total population. 26%. That doesn't sound like much. So here's... The other, the other side of that, the flip side of that coin, something that we, like I said, we may kind of talk about or mention in passing, but we never really examine it. If 26% of the population is African American, then how is it that 56% of the incarcerated population is African American? This makes no sense. If the crime bill is to minimize the the amount of violence in our cities and to bring about more uh, cohesive justice, make people safe, then is that number saying that 
black people are more likely to be violent or responsible for crime? Or is that number highlighting the fact that there is something wrong with the system that put black people, uh, African Americans, at a higher risk of incarceration? Now, this information that I'm going to share with you right now is coming from the NAACP. And, you know, I've known about these numbers and I've always had it in the back of my mind. But when you actually look at it in front of you, you start to wonder where is everything going wrong? Why is, why is this happening and nothing being done with it? Um, well, let's take a look here. In 2014, African-American uh, constituted 2.3 million, or 34% of the total 6.8 million, uh, a correction population. I mean, that was in 2014. Out of the 6.8, 2.3 million, were African-American. The rest were white, Hispanic, uh, Asian, Native American, and it's crazy that this is happening and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's addressing the issue. If Biden is supposed to be the champion for black rights, for black liberties, then how come... Explain these numbers. Explain why... His crime bill put more African Americans <clears throat> put more African Americans in prison than any other uh, senator at that time, and since. And if you want to talk about uh, if you want to talk about violence, uh, this is something that comes from the uh, WorldPopulationReview.com. And what they did is they took the top 20 most violent cities in the U.S. And then I'm also going to talk about another side information that I had to do separately to get this and find. And it's just crazy. The number one most violent city in the U.S. is St. Louis, Missouri. Now, this isn't talking about just murder. This is talking like aggravated assault, this is, uh, robbery, violent, violent crime. And it goes all the way down, and I'll read them out, starting number one, going down to 20. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, number two is Detroit, Michigan. Number three is Baltimore, Maryland. Number uh, four is Memphis, Tennessee. Number five is Little Rock, Arkansas. Number six is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Seven is Rockford, Illinois. Eight is Cleveland, Ohio. Nine is Stockton, California. Ten is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Eleven is Springfield, Missouri. Twelve is Indianapolis, Indiana. Thirteen is Oakland, California. Fourteen is San Bernardino, California. Fifteen is Anchorage, Alaska. Sixteen is Nashville, Tennessee. 17 is Lansing, Michigan. 18 is New Orleans, Louisiana. 19 is Minneapolis, Minnesota. And number 20 is Chicago, Illinois. 
Now here's where things start to uh, should start to paint a, a more clear picture of, for you as far as what's going on with silent racism. Only one of these cities is conservative. And this isn't talking about, you know, whether the state is red or blue. This is talking about the city itself, the, the district, counties, more specific than just the whole state in general. Only one of these cities was a conservative city. Springfield, Missouri. One out of 20 is a conservative. All the rest are liberal controlled districts. But the Republicans are supposed to be the racist, right? The Republicans, they're, they're right-wing, they're nationalist, they're racist. Well, let's look at the history of that. Historically speaking, Democrats were against the ending of slavery. Democrats were against giving African Americans the right to vote. Democrats were against desegregation. Democrats were even against giving women the right to vote. And if you look at the history of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, she is on record speaking at a KKK rally promoting Planned Parenthood, more specifically abortion, as a means to stem the growth of course, she's a racial slur at this point, but to stem the growth of the African-American population. So again, who's really the racist here? So if liberals are supposed to be all about, you know, the people, then why is it that liberal policy does more damage to the African-American communities as well as other ethnic minority groups. Why is that? That makes no sense. So, and also, the idea of Republican being the ultimate poster boy for racism is absolutely absurd. Because when you look at the KKK, Aryan Brotherhood, the vast majority of the uh, white supremacy group vote Democrat. I know that's a very uh, strong and strange concept to, for, to wrap your head around, but it's true. KKK and white supremacy groups tend to vote Democrat. And I'm not saying that they don't vote Republican every once in a while, and I'm not saying that Republicans don't have any racism in them. But to single out the Republican group as the only racist group is intellectually stupid it just goes to show your inability to look at the bigger picture and it also goes to show your inability to examine the truth and accept the fact and be honest about what's really happening what's really going on people don't want to talk about that you know and again that's why i call it the silent racism another side of silent racism that i want to talk about is the welfare now, I understand that, you know, welfare is supposed to help everybody, and which is true. But what blows me away is that when it comes to welfare, the vast majority of welfare recipients tend to be African-American. 
the idea that the liberal party are throwing money at African-American communities makes me think of the uh, French aristocrat. Makes me think of uh, what the original white slave traders did. Because uh, if you look at history, well, yes, the white slave traders would go out and hunt, quote-unquote, uh, African to put into the slave trade. You also have to remember that slave traders were penny pinchers. They wanted to find the cheapest way to get slaves. And if you think about the amount of manpower that has to go into going out to look for these Africans to try to round them up, that's a very costly maneuver. One of the things that is not well talked about in history was a tactic that was actually more common than people are willing to admit, and that is trading war trophies. A lot of trade, slave traders would find the most dominant tribe and buy their slaves off of them. Now, how, how does that relate to the welfare system? Well, it's very easy. Slave traders through the warring African tribe, uh, what we call today, chump change. They didn't give them squat. They were just shiny. It was something that they didn't normally have. So it worked out great for the slave trader. That's exactly what's happening with the welfare system. They're throwing chump change into African-American communities to, quote-unquote, buy election vote. Because, I mean, let's, let's be real. Somebody gives you money. Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll vote for you if you keep throwing money my way. And yet, what happened when Biden became president? If you remember, throughout his whole campaign, the whole Democrat Party, liberal, they're all saying, you know, $2,000 check for everybody during this pandemic. And as soon as Biden was sworn into office, cricket, nothing. So I have to wonder, who's really looking out for the African-American community? It's not the Democrats, it's not the liberal. Liberal district, and statistically speaking, you can go all over the internet and look up actual federal uh, federal information and, and verify that liberal district, for the most part, tend to have the highest crime rate, the highest number of welfare recipients, lowest property value, uh, and have some of the lowest ranking education. So when I think about liberals and how they try to paint themselves as the saint of the lower class, it's a joke. It really is. And while I am in full support of Black Black Lives, I can't get behind Black Lives Matter. Because between BLM and the liberal left, if Black Lives were so important to them, why are they not doing anything to improve the schools in these lower low-income neighborhoods? Get them new book. Build better school. Give them a better athletic department. Get them better sporting equipment. Anything to give these kids in low-income neighborhood a better education so that they can get a better job. Now, my wife we, and I we talked about this, 
And one of the things that she mentioned is that a lot of these kids tend to drop out because they have to get a job to help support the family, which she's right. But again, that also goes back to what I'm saying earlier about better education. Because if a kid leaves the school to get a job without that high school degree, at least a high school degree, without it, he is going to get one of the crappiest paying jobs. So now you've got all these things that are compounding. You have racial inequality. You have gender inequality. And now you have the lack of an education compiling up onto the black community. So the idea that liberals are looking out for black communities, it, it's a complete oxymoron. There, 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 there's just no rationale. There's no sense to it. There's no proof that shows that they really care about these communities. Because if they did, they would make it so that the kids didn't have to leave school to help support their families. They would make it so that the kids' education in these neighborhoods are on the same level as those in the rich neighborhood. Now, another statistic that I came across that really bugged me, and this was talked about years ago, and it's still true today, there are more African-American men in prison than in college. What's wrong with this picture? And I know there's a lot of people that try to talk about uh, the social issues, uh, attitude issues, you know, and yes, these are all very uh, critical key factors. But if you were to take away all that and focus on just the political idea behind it, the liberal left policy, again, is doing more damage to the African-American communities as well as other ethnic minority communities. So that's going to be it for this conversation. If you like my channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button, smash that like, and click on that bell and select all. That way you are notified every time I post a new video. I also do have a new blog site up now. It is theplaguelandreport.blogspot.com. Here you can check out other articles and other thoughts that I've had, and eventually I will have free uh, wallpapers that you can download for your desktop or your cell phone. So in the meantime, search for the truth. Question everything, challenge what they tell you. Be safe and I'll catch you again.